G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You play a key role in your own temptation. Satan needs our cooperation. Listen, where there is no desire on our part, then there's no temptation. Temptation is often everywhere we look. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we can make the choice not to look. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you give in to the temptation. The sin is not in the bait, it's in the bite. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Some people bake a batch of biscuits and then wonder why they're tempted to eat sweets. Some make sure their new car has a supercharged mega hemi turbo GT engine and wonder why the police seem to be handing out more speeding fines. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us take an honest look at temptation and how we often set ourselves up for the fall. We'll learn to recalibrate and set ourselves up for more success and more satisfaction. James chapter 1. This book was written to the Jewish people who were scattered all over the place. There was a time when Israel ruled their own land and they had their kings like David and Solomon. Well, those times were over. Now the occupying force was Rome. They were effectively under the control of the Caesars and the various Roman governors. And they were suffering and they were unhappy. So the book of James was written for suffering people. And maybe I'm talking to somebody right now that's suffering in life. Then this book is for you. James 1 verse 1. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brothers. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work so that you may be complete and perfect, lacking nothing. Okay, so we need to make a choice to rejoice when we go through times of trial. We need to make a choice to rejoice. Look at verse two again. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Another translation says, count it pure, unmixed, complete, and total joy. Wait, what? When I'm going through a trial, I'm supposed to have total joy during that time? Well, what does that even mean? James is not saying that trials themselves are joy, because usually they are not. Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. So when James is saying, consider it joy, he's just saying, make a choice to rejoice. I know this is hard. 
I know you wish it wasn't happening. I know you wish it was over. But despite that, I'm gonna choose to rejoice regardless of my emotions. See, that's very important. This is not a matter of feelings. This is a matter of the will. The more we rejoice in our testings, the more we realize they're not liabilities, but privileges. Ultimately helpful, not harmful, no matter how severe they may appear. Example, Jesus Christ heading to the cross. His back has been ripped open by the Roman whip. He's weakened by the beatings and blows to his face and having the beard ripped from his face. And yet we read as he's carrying that cross in Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Where was the joy? His people, the crowds were jeering him. His disciples were largely in hiding. And yet there's Jesus carrying that cross for the joy that was set before him. What that means is because of what Calvary would accomplish, he pressed on. The joy that was set before him was you. The joy that was set before him was me. It was us. It was the world that he would redeem who would put their faith in him because he would die for our sins. And so that's what kept him going. Point number two, trials happen to make us stronger in every way. Trials happen to make us stronger in every way. Look at verse three, knowing the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now by the way, the word patience is probably not the best translation. I'm reading from the New King James Version here. It comes from a Greek word that translates out to toughness or fortitude. Another translation uh, uses the word endurance or staying power, okay? So trials come into our life to produce endurance and staying power. Trials make you stronger, not weaker. A modern translation of James 3:4 goes as follows. So let it grow. And don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, you're ready for anything, strong in character, full and complete. I like that translation. Point number three, it's through trials we learn great wisdom. It's through trials we learn great wisdom. Go to verse five with me if you would. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. It gives to all liberally or generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Powerful verses. If you're lacking wisdom, ask God. If you don't know what to do, ask the Lord. Now through modern tech, we have access to more information than we've ever had in the history of the entire planet. Google it. Or you just say, hey Siri, what about this? Or hey Alexa, what about that? Or hey Google, you ask a question and you may get an answer. But our knowledge is a mile wide and an inch deep. The problem is we've acquired knowledge without wisdom. Through knowledge, we've learned to travel faster than sound, but we show our lack of wisdom by going faster in the wrong direction. What we really need is wisdom. 
So what James is saying, if any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what God's will is, ask him. We need God's wisdom on who we're gonna marry. We need wisdom about the career path we're going to follow or the ministry we're going to pursue. But here's what the Bible says. God will answer this prayer, so ask for it in faith. When you ask God to give you his wisdom, you're praying according to the will of God. As James said, don't, don't doubt what you're praying for or you're like a wave tossed back and forth. Pray believing God will give it to you. It's great to have you joining us today for A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the US. Today, Pastor Greg continues his message called How to Deal with Trials and Temptations. God will enable us to endure and get through times of temptation. Again, God will enable us to endure and get through times of temptation. Let's read a bit more. James 1 verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Don't miss this verse, underline these words. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. We'll stop there. So question, where does temptation come from? Of course, the devil's involved in it. But don't miss this. You play a key role in your own temptation. Satan needs our cooperation. Listen, where there is no desire on our part, then there's no temptation. Uh, verse 14, everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire. So it starts with the temptation itself. Everyone is tempted. I know you think you're crazy because you were tempted to do a certain thing. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, which means other people have been tempted to do that too. Don't think you're the worst person on earth because the temptation came your way. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you give in to the temptation. The sin is not in the bait, it's in the bite. We were at a farmer's market yesterday walking around. There was a guy with some soup. I walked right by him. I'm not really a big soup guy. Soup to me is like, why? Uh, it's a good start, I guess. Sort of like salad, but no, nah, you know. So he says, try a sample. No, nah, it's okay, I'm good. No, try it. Okay, how much is it? Like, see, it was really good soup. Very hearty soup. And so I bought a bag of soup. I don't need, I went to Kathy. Look, I bought a bag of soup, a frozen bag. I'm like, why? It was good. Why did I buy it? The free sample got me. So the devil says, hey, Sorry to compare this soup to something evil. It was actually good, but <laughs> here's a free sample. Just take a taste. Let the thought run through your mind a little bit. Just play with this a little bit. You don't have to do it. Of course, you would never do it, but just start here. Here's the problem. What makes temptation difficult for many people is they don't want to discourage it completely. So now you're almost hooked Verse 14, a man is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. So you're really close now. Here's a temptation. You say no. 
You take the free sample. You're moving it around in your mind. And now it's becoming more appealing. And you find yourself giving into it. But you haven't done it yet. You can still pull away. No. You keep going. The hook is now set. Verse 15. And when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. So you act on that evil thought. And now, boom. The sins happen. Okay, now. There's sometimes a little pleasure. But then the guilt kicks in. Then the remorse kicks in. Depending on what you did, the consequences kick in. That dead feeling one gets when they're separated from God in fellowship. Thankfully, we can repent and be forgiven of our sin, but this is what James is warning about. Some would say, well, hey, it's not my fault. It's God's fault. He gave me more than I can handle. No, he didn't. Go back to James 1.13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Well, this person, it's their fault. Yeah, that's what Adam said in the Garden of Eden. Okay, question. When does temptation usually come? This might surprise you. Answer, often after times of great blessing. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. The Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came upon the Lord in the form of a dove. That was a blessed moment. Immediately after this, the Bible says, He went into the wilderness to be tested and tempted by the devil for 40 days immediately. So a lot of times right after the blessing, it comes. So it could be after church. Oh, wasn't that great, man? I love that. A great time of worship. Message, eh. But everything else was great. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, you're tempted. I mean, maybe it's just like you get mad because someone pulled in front of you. Laying on the horn, you idiot. Oh, wait. Oh, it's just a... Or maybe you get into an argument with your spouse or, or maybe you go and do something you should not do. The temptations will hit you after you have been blessed. All right, so let's sum this all up. Number one, we're gonna go through times of trial. But they'll make us stronger, not weaker. Good news. Trials like storms have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You might be in a trial right now, but the clouds may open and the sun may come out tomorrow morning. So take heart. Whatever you're going through isn't going to last forever. Number two, make a choice to rejoice in your times of trial. It has nothing to do with how you feel. You choose to give thanks to God. Thirdly, God will guide you and give you the wisdom you need in life. Ask Him for it. Fourth and lastly, temptations will come, but there's always a way out. And again, the reminder that if you're being tempted and if you're being tested, that would be an indication you're on the right track spiritually. So let me loop back to something I said earlier. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and now was set down at the right hand of God. Why did Jesus die on the cross? He died for the sin of the world. He did not come to this earth to be a good example. He came to this earth to be our suffering savior. He came to lay his life down in our place and absorb the wrath of God in our place. And then he rose again from the dead three days later. And that same Jesus who suffered and died 
stands at the door of our lives and he knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Maybe I'm talking to somebody right now who is going through a time of suffering and, and you feel like you're all alone. Well, you don't have to be. God can enter into your problems with you, enter into your suffering with you. He can even step in and heal you or, or change your circumstances if he chooses to do it. But you don't want to go through these things alone. You need Jesus. And Jesus says to his followers, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's what's so wonderful about being a Christian is I'm not alone in life anymore. God walks with me each and every day and he'll walk with you as well. But you have to ask him into your life. He will not force himself into your heart or into your life. He, he stands at that door again and knocks you up to hear his voice and open the door. Will you open that door to Christ? Let's pray together. Father, speak to the heart of every person here. And if there's anyone here that does not yet know you, let this be the moment they believe, the moment they're forgiven of their sin, the moment that they transfer their future from hell to heaven and start living a life with hope. Speak to them, we pray. Amen. important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie for those who want to make a change today in their relationship with the Lord. And if that's you, if you'd like to make that kind of change, Pastor Greg will help you with that right now with a simple prayer. Sure, I'd love to. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and He will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God, so congratulations. You've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believer's Growth Packet. And in it is a copy of the New Testament in a very understandable translation called the New Living Translation. It also is filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've made to follow Christ. And there's some other outstanding materials in this little packet I'll send you as well. So order your copy today and let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. And to get that New Believers Growth Packet, just get in touch and we'd be glad to send it right out. You can call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time, Pastor Greg has some important insight on the power of the tongue. Good counsel on choosing our words wisely. Right here on A New Beginning. Yeah.
Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called How to Deal with Trials and Temptations. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.